2: Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show, second hour. All right. I'm Captain Mickey, and producing this morning is Jake. All right. Today, let's see, on the lineup for the 49th Annual Houston Fishing Show, this is their seminar schedule today. First one starts at 1 o'clock. That'll be Captain Scott, Scott Null. Uh, side casting everything from reds to tarpon in the port of connor area. And then at 2 o'clock, you'll have Bradley Doyle. He's the vice president of the Texas Catfish Association. Army veteran, fishing Lake Conroe for trophy catfish, crappie, and hybrids. And then at 3 p.m., Captain Stacy Lynn doing her saltwater fly fishing expo. And then at 4 p.m., you'll have uh, Richard Penny and Daniel Hayes. They'll be talking about kayaking freshwater. Fishing for freshwater fish out of a kayak. And then at 5 o'clock this evening, Captain uh, Cajun Phil Bruceard, Lake Calcasieu. will be talking about that, fishing Lake Calcasieu. And then at 5.45 p.m., you'll have Roy Crush. He's a Texas Boys Outdoors guy. And uh, Michael Bossy with Down South Lures and Captain Eric Renteria, Saltwater Guide Service. They'll all be talking about fishing Galveston Bay. And 6.30, Captain Sugar Shane. He's with uh, Sharky and the guys down at Outcast Charters. He'll be talking about the world's largest tackle box, fishing the Galveston Jetties. And uh, rounding it up, 7.15 p.m., Phil Ortiz, Mr. Flounder Pounder, he'll be talking about flounder fishing. So anyway, that's kind of the lineup this evening. And that's where we'll we'll go from there and uh, I have no caller this morning John Littleton is out of pocket that is strange usually he'll uh, text me and say he can't pick up anyway but weather you know a little light rain today looks like who knows what that's all about but uh we're uh Now we're having a phone problem. It's saying I just got a text for that, so I don't know what's up with that. Jake needs to work on it. He will if he can get it fixed. Anybody can. But looking back, uh, thank you, sir. Oh, you should.
0: What's the deal with the phones, brother? Right now, all incoming phones work. Outgoing, not so much. Well, you feel like
2: taking a phone call? Absolutely. Let's do it. Well, well, while we got incoming lines available, somebody call me. We'll talk about it. We've got a whole segment here to to talk about it, see what's up with that. So uh, give us a call at 713-572-4610. That's 713-572-4610. So anyway, no, it's uh, been some good uh, bass caught. Oh, is a little cooler this year than it was last year as far as numbers of big fish. They've been pulling some out anyway, but Big Sam's produced a really big one. Toledo Bend this week, and uh, we all talked about that one last week. It was caught in the Sabine River. Looked like the guy was fishing off the bank. Caught a 15-pound bass. Holy moly. What a fish. But... uh, no, it's uh it's February and uh, we're fixing to cut into the teeth of spring fishing. You know we got you know in Galveston everybody looks forward to the drum run. You now that gets going. These waters keep keep above sixty for very long. It'll kick off, and it does kind of look like an early spring as far as what the trees and the birds and the animals all them are telling us. But that's to be seen. Once we get out of February, I won't be so dodgy you know just looking over my shoulder at weather patterns but it's looking good right now real warm week next week but uh these bigger fish are definitely going to be uh coming up shallow they'll be doing that anyway but uh that's where we're at as far as fishing goes you know whatever lures you like. You know some people prefer. The, I know guys that that's all they do is throw corkies just about year round. But uh, there's so many different different ways to uh, to fish for these good fish this time of year. A lot of good baits. We got a caller on uh, right now. Let's go to him, Eric. Good morning. You're on the outdoor hey. show.
3: What's up? Hey, good morning, Mr. Mickey. Uh, I had a question. I recently moved down there to Dickinson uh, Bayou. From I'm from Houston. Mm-hmm and bought a place down there and i've uh, been there about six months and i'm fishing like five days a week but it seems like everything's just going to stop is that kind of normal for that that area right there where they all just push out or
2: well no not really you know hillman fishes out of that area he catches fish pretty consistently you know he had some slow days this week couple of you know just no bite days they caught quite a few throwbacks and a few decent fish but uh no,
3: this well, is, I'm, on uh, a, I'm, I'm off the bank, so I'm kind of limited, oh, okay. I guess. Uh, well, yeah. The, uh,
2: you know, we warm up some more. Those fish will pull in. They'll come shallow. You know, it just depends on where you're fishing and what you're fishing, whether you're fishing, you know, some oyster beds or, you know, drains or drop-offs or, you know, I don't have any clue where you're fishing. That's a big area over there. Yeah. It's got a lot of opportunities.
3: Yeah, I'm not far from that 140. I'm not far from Hillman's, actually, at all. Uh and so I just you're fishing in the bayou? I'm, I'm fishing in the bayou, and then right there, I guess that's Dickinson Bay. Right where uh, it comes out, that's Dickinson Bay, yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I'm, I've been fishing there, and like I said, I've only been there about six months, but uh, I'll tell you what, it beats you, living in Houston. I love it down there. <laughs> so uh, it's pretty nice. But, yeah, it's been, I've been doing, uh, I'm kind of learning the artificial deal, so I've been throwing more artificial now than the live bait. And plus, it can't catch me, you know, much live bait. Uh, But uh, just haven't really been getting much these past, like, two or three weeks. And I I just didn't know if that was normal for the weather right now. Right.
2: No, it's just, um, that's kind of normal for right now because most of the fish are coming, you know, anywhere from three to seven feet of water. It just depends on the barometer and, and the water temperature this time of year.
3: Okay. Well, I'll just keep going at it, man. I appreciate you, Mr. Mickey.
2: All right, buddy. You take care. Yes, sir. Yes. Sir. All right. Later. All right. Yeah, it's just, uh, you know, he's just pinned down, being able to fish the bank in one area like that. It uh, it changes your game. You know, with a boat, at least you can uh, move around and try different spots and different depths of water and and do your thing, so... Anyway, that's uh that's tough this time of year. Trying to, you know, once we get on into spring and water temperatures warm up, and a lot of fish, they just they like living shallow and they'll come to the banks where you can target them from the shorelines or wade fish them. And that area over there, there's a lot of a lot of good spots where fish run those shorelines or pull in or out. And, it, you know, it's all bait-related, to If we've got the water clarity, Slendy's right, bait's there, you're going to catch fish most of the time, most of the time. But uh, anyway, uh, we got a few minutes left in this segment. Somebody wants to give us a call, we'd love to hear from you, 713 572 if you want to get a call in. Something's wrong with our phones, we can't call out right now. So we'll see how that works. But uh, now, looking at years past, you know, this time of year, I used to spend a lot of time. Well, I had a few places up my way that I'd catch fish, but most of the time I had to, I'd either pull to Sabine and fish that Louisiana shoreline, wade fish that. You know, the redfish would get real bad at times in there on that east shoreline, the Louisiana side. But if you'd work through them, those trout would eventually pull in, and we used to catch them really Really beautiful fish over there, you know, using a variety of baits, corkies, tails, topwaters. Some days they'd just go crazy on topwaters. You couldn't keep them off a bait. And most of the time, you know, you could watch those fish. You'd uh, get around, you know, there's so many bayou mouths and points and drains and everything over there. I I would pretty much camp out in those areas and uh, wait for those fish to pull in. You could see the bait react out deep, and they'd just they just circle in in the counterclockwise motion. They'd come in, feed a while, then go back out and circle back in. And uh, you spend a lot of time this time of year in the back of East Bay, either fishing the refuge side behind the norther or before norther fishing that south side behind rollover. And all, uh, you know, that upper end rollover bay and all that. You used to catch some really big fish this time of year doing that. and uh, And, of course, west bay that uh can't beat that you know we used to wade a ton of uh ton of miles this time of year all on those shorelines over there whether depending on which way the wind was blowing most time you'd have a pumping south wind ahead of a front we would uh, stick to that south side and work points and coves and drains guts running up into the coves and you had to be kind of lucky at times. Those fish will run out on those outside walls, you know, a big bar down that south shoreline, and they'll uh, if they get on the right amount of bait, whatever cove they push it into is where they end up, you know, pushing that bait up into and feeding on them. If you were lucky, there at the right time when it all went, it would uh, it would work. But anyway, all right. Well, while we work out these uh, technical difficulties. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll see what's going on with our phones, see if we can get back on track here. But before we go to break, I need to take a minute to tell everybody about the 49th annual Houston Fishing Show. That's going on right now. That started Wednesday. It'll run through Sunday, the 18th. And it's all being held at the George R. Brown Convention Center. And we're talking everything for the fishermen. We're talking all the new rods, reels, and lures with the factory reps there. They have displays and booths set up to answer all your questions and to display new products for the upcoming year. And you have gads from Alaska to South America and dozens of fully rigged boats on display just uh, waiting to be bought. Great deals on them. And not to mention the hundreds of kayaks they have on display also. We're talking clinics by expert fishermen daily covering salt and fresh water. And the kids' clinics on Saturday and Sunday Don't miss that, you know, get the kids out of the house, take them out there. They'll have a good time, and they have tons of giveaways. They'll go home with some really neat stuff. So if you love to fish or want to learn more about fishing, don't miss the 49th Annual Houston Fishing Show. Check them out at HoustonFishingShow.com. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show. All right, it's 517 in the Bayou City. All right, our phone lines are uh, totally down, incoming or outgoing. So if uh, you want to talk or got any questions, just give me a text, and we'll talk about it. If you got any questions you want to ask or anything like that, just uh, text me at 713-480-6713. That's 713 713- So try that and uh, phone lines are just, uh, they're totally down. I don't know what the deal is. They were working just fine. But hey, gremlins again. Got to have gremlins. But uh, (laughs) anyway, that's where we're at. As far as uh, fishing and outdoors, Give me a text. We'll talk about it if you got any questions or want to make a mention. And I still hadn't heard uh, anything on this three fish limit thing. I know they were wanting to change that and put it back to March. But uh, haven't heard anything yet. I don't know what they're waiting on. I mean, just do it. We know it's coming. Let's roll with it. That way everybody can get more depressed and been out of shape about it. But uh you know, we did have that one open land Sunday, that whole show two weeks ago for uh people to uh call in and voice their opinion on the the limits, you know, dropping to three fish coast wide, three speckled trout. And if you're not aware of that and what it's gonna be, it's gonna be like a slot. You'll you'll be allowed three trout per day and uh the size range is from 15 to 20 inches. And then, uh, that's, uh, that's where it's at. Now, if you do catch one 30 inches or over that you want to retain for mounting purposes or whatever, it, uh, it's the way it is. Did get a text from a listener, whatever happened to Mr. Nobody who called in a long time ago. Well, he, he went away too. I don't know. That uh, a lot of these guys pass away and we never hear any about it. You know, just like Cajun Pete, he was a great call, call in every week. It was a lot of, a lot of fun, but uh, never heard from him again. So, but um, anyway, here's a here's a text from a listener. Why is it uh, freshwater topwaters such as jitterbugs, spinnerbaits, etc. don't work in saltwater? Well, they do. If you if you throw them, but they're not practical for what we do and the way we work lures. I mean, you can do it, but uh, spinner baits work in salt water. We catch redfish on them all the time, especially a spinner bait with a with a jig on it, like a swimming tail. And uh, that uh, you know, it's just fish or fish. They're gonna eat whatever you throw at them. Anyway, but, uh, I'm kind of, <laughs> I'm trying to return text and talk on the air at the same time. It's pretty, and you know, I'm getting some pretty, uh, rude comments. <laughs> it's funny. But no, we had that whole show, and, and, uh, every caller spoke. They were in favor of the, uh, three fish limit. And where we've, uh, gone with our trout fishing coastwide, over especially over the last 10 years you know the decline and uh there was a lot of people that were hard-headed about it and didn't want to didn't want to admit it to themselves they were kind of being delusional that you know we still got a million fish out there and all that but you know realistically they knew better they just thought it would hurt their guide business but it hasn't i mean look at uh all down south when they went to three fish limits after that freeze in 21 they they never lost any trips over it people just want to go fishing and uh you know if you do want to stack meat and all that book a freshwater guide and go catch you 25 catfish a day 25 white bass a day and uh i know they're probably not as good eating as speckled trout but uh hey if you're into meat halls there you go and i think louisiana will uh they'll get a lot of pressure off of this a lot of people will want to go that way you know go to the east so they can catch more fish but uh and, uh anyway that's kind of where we're at depends on what you what you get out of your fishing and what you expect out of it and uh I don't understand this text, I'm trying to read it while I'm talking. It said I would text you since your phone lines are down. This is a little off the fishing top topic. What caliber do you deer home with and why? I think he meant deer hunt with and why must be talking into it. Well as far as deer hunting, caliber wise, I mean just about anything we shoot will kill a deer uh their uh you know shot locations everything I like a uh, you know I like shooting my 257 Weatherby as good as any any rifle I got I've got you know an AR10 308 I've got 270s I got 30 out six just you know 6.8 I mean that's more of a gun collection thing but tried and true just to sit in a stand and I don't have to do any thinking or calibrating or anything? If there's a deer within inside of 400 yards, I just put it right on him with that 257, and he's going to the ground. You know, it's a real fast bullet. It's not a big, big heavy grain bullet, but look at a 243. I mean, that's a 90 grain bullet. And how many deer have been killed with a 243 in the state of Texas over the years? It's pretty nuts. And it uh, it, uh that's where we're at. It's it's your preference. Whatever you have confidence in, what you like to shoot the most, and uh, and go with it. Just shot locations, everything. You know, I mean, in, in South Texas, those big. You think you can grab a random caller? You got one? Oh well, let me refresh my screen. It's Andy in Friendswood. Wonder how he got in. Andy, good morning. You're on the Outdoor Show. What's up?
0: Well, good morning, Mickey. I figured. And chat a little bit I didn't get a chance to call in last weekend When you had your open line on the trout limits But uh, I'll weigh in a little bit Um, I've I've been running a boat On Gowson Bay since I was 14 years old And I'm nearly 60 Um, I I think the biggest thing We talk about What's happening to our fishery Is habitat loss uh, Is number one And you know There's just so many people fishing um the the boats are better the equipment's better um you know success rate is is pretty good but i'm 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 like james i'm going to go fishing regardless of what the limits are um it's not going to stop me from going um i think they have to do something and you know that's the only lever they can pull they have absolutely no control they have no control over uh, industry. And that's, uh, probably had the biggest effect on, on our habitat loss. You always talk about the dredging. Well, we can't do anything about that. They only, they, they can just pull that one, one lever and that's it. So we're going to have to see what, how it affects things. And it appears to have worked in the, in the middle and lower coast. So maybe it'll work up here.
2: Well, I'm with you. I totally agree with all that. But, uh, Man, I, you know, I look at it all. Andy, I've been, you know, I'm like you. I've been on this bay all my life. And I would have never dreamed, just not even 20 years ago, that we, we, we would be to this point. And, but I've slowly watched, uh, you know, everything just slowly deteriorate, you know, as far as erosion, you know, and then, then the ship, the deepening and widening of the ship channel. You know that that created a lot more wave action, especially with these big container ships coming in, pushing those giant waves. I mean, I've I've waited in the back of Trinity Bay my whole life, and I've never seen ship wakes wash the ground up there like they do now. I mean, that's a long oh, ways yeah. from the Ship Channel, and those big wakes make it all the way up there, and it just it eats away and erodes. I mean, it's like a shoreline that that has a constant wind blown into it all the time a predominant wind, you have to bulkhead it. And all these natural areas that don't have bulkheads, those have always been our best spots, you know, to catch fish. And because it's it's natural. Yeah. And, you know, with when you bulkhead something, you get all that wave action, and then you get all these guts and sandbars. It just, you know, it deteriorates the bottom as far as any kind of oyster or clamshell structure, but the natural areas hold all the structure, and it's just getting pounded 24-7 and
0: yeah yeah it one thing i've and i think mickey in the last 15 years it's accelerated so when did they when did they start the 1st redredging project wasn't it about 12 15 years ago
2: yeah that was a 10-year project and um man i forget the first year it started but it 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 seemed like it took longer you know they removed the uh They pulled the Baytown Laporte tunnel off the bottom, right? You know, and broke that all up and took it offshore to you know make a reef out of it. But uh, after that, that dredging was just uh, it was constant for so long. It just became a way of life. You know, driving around dredge pipes and cutting through openings and and uh, but you know that the fallout from that. I mean, and and it's got to be done naturally. But to, for the yeah. port of Houston, you know, commerce and industry here—I mean, that's that's what what makes this area tick. And not to mention, you know, over four million people living here, right here on this bay system, with constant pressure from, you know, the amount of fishermen that come out of that four
0: million. And well, if you then, if you think about, I'm sorry, go ahead, go ahead. If you think about it, Mickey, the Galveston Bay is incredibly resilient. You just said it—you know, four million people within an hour's drive uh, and a big chunk of them like to fish, it's very resilient if we allow it to be. Um, and that and that means, you know, stewardship from anglers and, and industry and everybody. If we all do our what we can, um, it'll take care of itself. But I, I, the, a lot of the shorelines, Mickey, have changed. And, and places that, you know, I could go when I was in my 20s and hop out and wade you know, I still try to do that to some of the same places. It's just not the same. And, and I don't know if that's normal. I mean.
2: There with that phone line thing. How about that? Did you do that, Johnny? <laughs> <laughs> I did not. Can you hear me, Johnny? <laughs> or, or Jake? <laughs> oh, man. Well, it lasted a while. Sorry, Andy. It just, we're having some really bad phone issues this morning. How did he even get through
3: I do what, not know. I
0: am what amazed people are at texting me. Through. They're
2: saying we're calling and it's ringing, and uh, you pick it up and it's just blank. They can't hear anything.
0: I mean, I'm trying to call my own cell phone nonstop to see if we can get these phones. Yeah, up and you're right. doing it
2: on purpose, aren't you?
0: <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely.
2: Nightmare Friday. <laughs> oh boy. Glad today in the thirteenth. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh well, it. Uh, it is what it is. I don't know what else to say. I hate it. We missed John Littleton on our Lake Houston deal for the first segment, and then, you know, Texas City Dave, and then, then I had Hillman lined up for the final segment, and he's in Costa Rica. He just got there, and he's going to be doing some some offshore fishing with one of his friends that has a place there, and that would have been interesting to talk about this morning, but can't get through to him. Oh, what a nightmare. But anyway. But now, getting back to what Andy was talking about, it's, man, you could talk for days on this topic and everybody has their theories and everything. But, you know, Galveston Bay's been my home my entire life. The whole coast in this upper area has been. And, and, uh, it's just, you don't notice it. You notice it, but as it's happening, but it's so little at a time, it just, uh, it becomes a normality. And uh, you're watching it before your eyes, but it, you know, you, it just, before you know it, all those years of it happening, just, they catch up with you. And, man, we, we can point the finger at so many things, but it's a combination of everything. Fission pressure and, and guides like I've never seen in this bay. I remember when I first started guiding, and, you know, back in like 80 or 81, whenever it was, I mean, there wasn't anybody i mean there was just a few of us that did it and uh it uh now i mean i don't even know who anybody who anybody is now they're so overwhelmed with so many fishing guides i mean there's a lot of guys that retired from their jobs and they you know instead of retiring they just took up this as a retirement job and and there's a lot of that and just and all the new young guys, which they deserve a chance. And they're they're doing it full-time. It's not part-time. And uh, they deserve a chance. I just wish they had something to work with like we did as we were making names for ourselves. But now it's, uh, man, with social media and networking and all these wool packs of guides and everybody staying plugged in, these fish just get targeted and hit so hard that, uh, you know, back in the day when we had millions of fish, I mean, really... 10% of the fishermen caught 90% of the fish. Even, you know, people back then with that many fish in the bay couldn't catch them like they do now because they weren't plugged in. And, uh, I mean, there's nothing sacred as far as spots go. I mean, everything's a beaten path. It's like, you know, there's, there's uh, you know, and that's where I've become stale. I mean, I, there's nowhere to go. There's nothing new to learn here because I've done so much for so long. And then to see it, uh, the fish numbers deteriorate so drastically like they have. I mean, this all started, you know, we had the drought years from like 2011 to 2014 or whatever, and it's like every fish was wanting to be in the far north end of Trinity Bay to get as close to fresh water as they could, and they were so stacked. And that 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 fishing, fishing situation alone right there, that uh, – that created, I know, of at least 40 or 50 new guides into the system that uh, thought, well, there's nothing to this. But, I mean, I mean, Mr. Magoo could have turned the key off on his boat and caught a limit of five pounders back then. And then we turned right around after that drought, and then here we go. We uh, had a really extreme flood in 2015. All the fish were pushed out of the back of that, out of Trinity Bay, and all shoved south. A lot of them went around Smith Point into East Bay, and uh, not to mention the back of East Bay, you know, flushed out too and pushed a lot of those fish down, you know, on the south end of East Bay. And here we go. you got stack-up situations. Those fish were just – it was like shooting fish in a barrel. And when every piece of shell over there has got anywhere from 30 to 90 boats on it, and East Bay had a lot of shell in it back then. And um, those fish were hit very, extremely hard. And then, you know, not to mention Lower Galveston Bay from Eagle Point to the Tex City Dike. I mean, that was a, that was a stack up over there too, you know, around Moses Lake and Dickinson Bay and all that Tex City Flats and all. That was just it was a slaughterhouse. That went on in 2015, 2016, and in 2017, and then that August in 2017, here come the big one. That was the uh, Harvey fallout from that hurricane that hit Rockport that came up here and stalled out and dumped, you know, 53 inches of rain on top of us, not to mention 60 or 70 over in the Port Arthur area. And, uh, boy, you just talk about a, you know, an environmental disaster. Everything upstream washed down into the bays, fuel oils and chemicals and, I mean, a lot of things. And, uh, let me knock this break out and we'll continue this conversation. Since I don't have phone lines, we'll just talk it out on, uh, you know, problems that we have, and uh, hope we can reverse that effect. And hopefully, the new limits will help us some. Me, I'm kind of, man, I don't know. I'm kind of pessimistic about it, but uh, like Andy said, we got to do something. We got to try. All right. You're listening to the Outdoor Show. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. <laughs> Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show on this Friday morning. We're having a little phone trouble, folks, but uh, I tried calling Johnny B, I mean, Jake during the break, and uh, it worked. So if you want to get a call in, keep calling that 713 572 4610, and you might get through. So I did with my cell phone, and he, he was able to pick it up. So we shall see. But anyway, getting back to what we were talking about before the break, um, you know, the situation we have here up on the upper coast, especially Galveston Bay, I mean, it's, you know, I'd like to be optimistic about three fish going to, you know, change our lives and we're going to have millions of fish on every street corner again. I mean, you know, you you hear the talk, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm catching a lot of fish, but that particular person or whoever, they're pretty much going back to the till every day, same areas. I mean, it's not like we have 600 square miles of water in Galveston Bay. We're huge. And I would say probably all the fish are in about 15% of that when it used to not be that way. All the fish were in 90% of it. And as it steadily declined, we've seen fish haunts and fish zones Deteriorate where there's nothing there now. They're dead zones. That's that's the problem I got. You know, that's a controversy. You do have somebody? Okay, well he got through then. Let's go to him. Captain Steve Hillman, you got through on an international hey man. call. Hey man.
1: Yeah. Took me a couple times, but <laughs> I don't know what's he'll going on. I it's weird. Out. Yeah, you gotta dial. I dialed the first time and, and uh wouldn't go through like Got to hit plus one down here to get out so sounds like y'all having some issues this morning
2: yeah it started at five o'clock sharp you know I was we were trying to get a hold of John littleton naturally and couldn't get a hold of him right. our day Fremont so
1: anyway here we are awesome man so you're um, in uh Costa Rica yeah we got in last night didn't get to the the place Bubba Michelle's till uh got probably 11 o'clock last night by the time we got here so I'm out here on the back patio having some coffee, looking at these mountains covered with looks like a jungle out here. It's nice, man. It's dead calm. Place is nice. We're going offshore today. Here in a couple hours, going to go uh, bill fishing today, and then I don't know what we're fishing for tomorrow. We're doing something totally different tomorrow. We got something planned every day. Oh well, that's so, cool. Is Kimberly yeah, going to go with tomorrow. you? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I got her some grand. Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> Better put about three patches on her and some Dramamine. And,
1: <laughs> I got, like, three different kinds. So she's either she's going to not get seasick or overdose on Dramamine or something. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see what happens. Man, oh, man. It's, but now, it's <sighs> like when
2: James and I, we had that trip. To one time we took all the women and we went offshore. And, man, i would never seen so much throwing up in all my life. We had to pull out. Uh, fish man sailfish and dolphin jumping out of the water we got to leave man take them to let them oh, go snorkeling get in the
1: water where it's calm it was bad man man mm. now i'm looking forward to it i need one one good night of sleep after today though to get caught up yeah. i didn't fish much this week i only i've only fished twice since i talked to you last week and didn't didn't uh, set the world on fire either time so right caught some fish but it wasn't it wasn't that good you know we've had some calm days in between uh the windy days well i haven't had trips on the calm days <laughs> i've had trips on the more windy days so we had that that added challenge in fishing where i'm fishing all that fresh water when that wind blows it just jacks it up but i mean uh last friday i had craig and his son ben brandstetter and i think we caught i don't know 10 or 12 trout we only had uh two legal trout and we had three nice flounder and that's the worst day I've had in a while it was really really bad it, it, we had about an hour and a half window where it was calm Right. And that morning we just got out there and went to an area that I've been catching some nice fish caught nothing but pencils and then relocated and, and man right when we got to our second spot it, it kicked up like 22 23 miles an hour it was really bad yeah. we're trying to drift in that junk you know and, uh, and then I didn't fish again until uh, Wednesday I had uh, two new people a uh, guy from Houston and then uh his sister-in-law from in from uh from Baltimore and a retired school high school principal and, and um uh, and I had to teach him how to cast and all that kind of deal and and it blew a little bit but we got on a decent bite but and we we caught a lot of fish we caught caught 21 trout we only had nine nine legal trout all solid fish the ones that were legal and then we did have one legal flounder and, and a throwback red, but it wasn't uh it wasn't any good really. It was like we had two little shots at them and and we fished till I don't know, about one thirty. And <clears throat> probably could have scraped up a few more maybe, but man, it just uh I don't know, my last three or four trips, it's just, we're getting and we talk about it all the time, we get these little little windows, little bite windows. These fish you know, water temp still holding in the fifties. It actually did hit 60, uh, Wednesday where I was, but for the most part, I mean, these fish, they're, they're not real, uh, they're not in a real positive feed yet. You know, we don't, we don't have those days yet where we're getting those two and three hour feeding windows. It seems to be like 45 minutes or an hour when a tide changes or mm. something like that, something triggers them, you know, or, or a minor or major feed or something like that. But, uh, you just you you gotta you gotta be on your game, man. When they when they eat, and man, I, I don't these spinners throwing these spin cast reels, and I've got I've got damn good equipment. You know that. I mean, I got waterly right. rods and good reels, and and uh, got the right setup. But man, you just feel the bite. To me, you feel the bite so much better when you're holding a bait caster in the oh, palm of your hand. Heck just,
2: yeah, there's no comparison.
1: Yeah, everything just just. Translates. Follows all the way up from the lure to your hand. I mean, your hand we
2: can fish you're, with you're anything. Stay in touch. Yeah, yeah, just you know, we can fish with anything. But look what we fish with: bait casters. Mm-hmm.
1: That's it. I grew I up doing. I reason. can throw a spinner.
3: Yeah,
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, but you know, I have some guys and girls that can that can they can fish real well with a with a with hay beller. Hay hay you know, it. yeah, but. but uh, <laughs> But Egg I don't know. Beater, just, uh, hay
2: baler, coffee grinder. <laughs> I mean, how many names does a spinning reel have?
1: <laughs> but I I think that was the two things that kind of got them, honestly. Two, or the two things that got them was the, the bite. At, I think they were getting bites. I know they were getting bites. But the other thing was, man, and maybe you were talking to somebody yesterday. I don't know who it was. Maybe James. I don't know on your show. And it's real important you. I'm pretty sure it was, James. Uh, it's real important to get some distance out of your cast. And and we're, we are catching some fish out of the boat into two, two and a half foot of water. And when you're in that shallow water and you've got some wind, which we had about 15 miles an hour wind yesterday, you've got some hole slap. And mm-hmm. that hole slap, that vibration travels through that water column. Yeah, like it does. lightning fast. And those those trout, are, well, all fish, they pick up that vibration and it spooks them. So you got to get some distance and I was catching everything towards the end of my cast and right and uh, you know I could I could pick up their their spinner and and I could cast it as far as I was casting my uh my reel right but they were they were not used to it and now if we'd have had a good bite that would they'd have been just fine you know what I mean sure. but but it's not and I, I the end result looks okay but it's not our job to sit there and catch our customers fish for them. It's just not, that's not what it's all about. No. And, and I get real, I get real frustrated, man. I put my rod down, I go pick up their rod, help them get their, try to get their retrieval speed. Right. You know, and we're all throwing the same exact thing. We're throwing, uh, yesterday or Wednesday, rather, we're throwing, um, chicken, uh, chicken on a chain, paddle till assassins, uh, mm-hmm. on, on eight, 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 eight ounce, uh, pro elite jig heads. You know our baits are identical. Our leaders are identical. You know, 20 pound seaguar fluorocarbon leaders. I mean, everything's identical. The only thing different is who's behind the wheel and and the kind of reel you're you're using. You know, and and it's just it's just frustrating for me because you you want your customers to beat the crap out of them and it just right. sometimes it just doesn't. I went through that, that one time. I'll never forget
2: this guy. This had to be 15 years ago. Him and his son came with me. I took him out of Wack Park, went out there in a the pocket, boom, you're on him. You didn't remember how it was? And yeah, and, uh, oh yeah. The first fish I caught, it was bleeding really bad, and, and I said, uh, "Y'all mind if I throw this fish in the box?" I mean, he's not going to make it. And they said, "No, we didn't. Uh, we're catching our own limit today." So, <laughs> I said, well, so you want me to throw a dead <laughs> fish back? I said, "Yeah, you're not keeping any fish, you know." So I threw it back. Well, then at the end of the day, we get in. They got like 13 fish in the box and I caught 50, and then they were whining and crying because they weren't taking 20 fish home, and uh, after I got through with the conversation, they've never been back and don't want them back, you know. I know, uh, man. It it, it just started the day off bad because I I knew I threw a a nice fish back that that had no chance in making it it just and but that's uh, that's the way they wanted it, and I have no patience for people like that. Go ahead, man. I've yeah, got a no. couple. Of, well, only got about a minute left. We didn't get our full oh, no, statement in like we normally oh, do.
1: No, I just I had a guy last year. Well, I hope you group. catch a
2: five hundred pound blue marlin today, Steve. <laughs>
1: Well, we'll see what happens. They they they, they said it's He'll good. He'll eat every trout now. in Trinity Bay. <laughs> yeah, they're got to be. Uh, I've, I've I've honestly never done anything like this. I've always been. You're gonna in like store. it, man. Been,
2: Y'all jump one, you're yeah. gonna go crazy. It's the most exciting yeah. thing you'll ever see. You know. That's even, what they're telling me. Ta- even better than a tarpon, man. Yeah. Well, it's pretty
1: cool. It's it's gonna have to be. It, it, I mean, tarpon fishing is pretty phenomenal. So, but it I've is. I've always heard awesome things about this so i'm looking forward to it but you'll be catching something something new for me well uh, hopefully we are fish in the ocean buddy hopefully we have a good day it's dead calm here it's beautiful
2: Um, that's awesome well i hope y'all have a great trip man well sorry about the phones this morning steve if somebody wants to call
1: you about trout fishing when you get back home how they call you buddy yes sir i got some holes to fill uh 409-256-7937 you gotta plug them holes, buddy. All right, man. Hillman, <laughs> always a pleasure. You and Kim have a all good right, time. Man.
2: See you, buddy. Thanks, Mickey.
1: I appreciate Later. it.
2: All right. All right. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today's show. We'll be back in the morning. Hopefully the phone lines will be proper. And we'll
1: uh see you tomorrow morning, four AM right here at Sports Radio six ten, K I L T Houston.